How are you all doing? Isn't it amazing to have all the CAP team here? Wow, so exciting. Give them another hand. What an amazing ministry. Thank you, Abel. That was so incredible. We love CAP. And here at church, we're all Christians who are against poverty, aren't we? I think we should have some placards and walk around downtown saying, one, two, three, four, we don't want you to be poor. Oh, no. Hallelujah. We want to see the blessing of God on people. Yes. Did you know it's only 12 days until spring? And it's only five days until the girls' night out. Who's got their tickets? Yeah, and we're going to bring our unchurched friends. Amen. This morning, we're into it already. It's called, It's Time to Ditch the Excuses. Father, anoint your word, not my words, yours. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuses. Oh, I'm sure we've all made a few excuses in our time. I'm sure we've all heard a few excuses in our time. Where are all the parents at? Oh, yeah. Where are all the teachers at? You've heard a few. You've heard a few, haven't you? Um, Here are some excuses that actual, true, real living teachers have reported about their homework um, not being handed in or assignments, you know, besides the traditional, my dog ate my homework. My friend fell in a lake and I jumped in to rescue him, but my homework drowned. I didn't do my homework because I didn't want the other kids in the class to look bad. My dad had a nervous breakdown, and so he cut up my homework to make paper dolls. (laughs) Here are some about being late for work. Again, these are actual ones. I dreamed I was fired, so I didn't want to get out of bed. My dog dialed 111, and the police wanted to question me about what really happened. (laughs) Grandma tried to poison me again. I woke up in a good mood and I didn't want to ruin it. (laughs) I forgot it wasn't the weekend. And I thought that International Children's Day was a legal holiday. You know, even Adam and Eve made excuses. It was the woman you gave me. It was the snake. You know, we may be able to fool our parents and our teachers, but we can't get past God. He sees through all our excuses. So today, we're looking at the parable that Jesus told of the great banquet. And I'm going to read to you in NIV. And my NIV is an older one, and the one on the screen may be slightly different because it's a new one, but we're doing our best. When one of those at the table, verse 15, heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time, it's time, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, well, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, well, I've just bought a yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, well, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. And I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. 
So Jesus told many stories and parables, uh, basically a word picture. And he's speaking here to Pharisees who he is dining with. You know, the Christian life is like a feast. It's fun, it's free, and it's a joyful celebration. We see here the master of the house, a picture of God, has sent the servant, his servant out to bring people to his table. Um, Chuck Missler used to say the unnamed servant in the Bible is a picture of the Holy Spirit could be. So perhaps this is the scenario God is speaking to his people who are invited through the Holy Spirit, calling them to come now to his table, to his great banquet. Now in Bible times, they would send out invitations weeks earlier and people would RSVP, yes or no. Then, although they didn't do this, (laughs) then when the meat was butchered, the feast was ready and prepared, they would follow up to all of those who had responded yes to the invitation with a call now, it's now. Come now, it's ready. I have a place for you assigned at my table. Your name is there, right there by your plate and your chair. So all those who were invited who had already RSVP'd, yes, they were coming, they had a call go out to them. The master was expecting them. Now remember, these are people who have already said yes to the Lord. They're all believers. Yet now it seems they are too busy to come. They are too distracted by other things. So they begin making excuses. Well, I've bought some property. I've got to go and see it. Well, I've bought some oxen. I'll try them out. I've got to go. I got married. You know, we need to spend quality time together watching Netflix on the couch. I'm sorry. I Just send my apologies. I can't come. I cannot. Cannot or will not. Their excuses were property, possessions, and people. And I think our excuses haven't changed a whole lot in the last 2,000 years. Now, these things that were excuses that they were involved with are not bad things. Well, there's nothing illegal going on here, nothing immoral at all. These things are actually blessings from God. Many of us here today have had these blessings in our lives and thank God for them. We, many of us here today own land like a house, a section. Many of us don't have oxen, but we have a car or a bike. Many of us here are married. Jesus is not against these things. Jesus wants to give us these things, but we must never allow these things to distract us and rob us of our assigned place at God's table. Because these people here put their own schedules, their own priorities ahead of God's. They gave more time and allegiance and attention to these things than they did to the Lord. Let's look at these three excuses, shall we? Number one, first excuse, verse 18, is property. Well, I own property now. I bought a house. I bought a field. Now, that could a field, that could be business. It could be a farm or an orchard. This could be our work as well as our house or our business. And they were caught up with their own section, their own garden, their own home, or their lifestyle block, life sentence block, (laughs) their business, their job, their career. And we can be today too. You know, in 2023, the average weekly working hours have greatly increased from a generation ago. So it can be easy to say, well, I'm too, I can't can't pray, Lord, I'm too tired from work. I just need to de-stress in front of, scroll through some Insta, Facebook. I can't read my Bible, Lord, no, sorry, my brain is just too fried from work. I just need to veg in front of Netflix. I can't come to church, it's my only day off. I need to sleep in. Let's look at excuse number two, verse 19, possessions. Oxen, you know, this is transport. 
and hobbies, trying out our latest new purchase. Again, not many of us have oxen, but we do often have that new thing, that new car, that new motorbike, the latest new gaming craze, that new album on Spotify, the new golf clubs, the new surfboard, the newest clothing purchase from Bayfair. We can get distracted with our possessions. And lastly, number three, third excuse, verse 20, people. I've got married. Oh, relationships, marriage. These things can be distracting. They can be all-consuming. Like this guy here had finally found a woman and got married. We can be like that too. I've got a man now. It's raining men. Hallelujah. It's raining men. Amen. You know, I used to, Alan and I used to hear this scenario when we were leading youth. We heard this lame excuse so many times. We can't lead in youth anymore. We can't do our youth connect group because we've got married. Well, what do you, what do you mean? Has your anointing and your calling from God and your heart to disciple young people suddenly evaporated because you've got married? And then they would trot out some obscure scripture from Deuteronomy that says you shouldn't go to war in the first year of marriage, which was their justification, or should I say excuse, for stopping serving at youth and church. And it just sounds like a strategy from the devil to me. Interestingly enough, they would never stop going to work or stop going to the gym or stop playing sport because they got married. It was always just the church and youth stuff that they would ditch. And they would seldom get involved again when their first year of marriage was up. And you just couldn't help but think, were they only coming to youth to find that special someone? What are we running here? An internet dating service, christianhookups.com. God help us. Relationships can still pull us away from obeying God's call if we let them. That new girlfriend or boyfriend, even your husband or your wife for 40 years. The Lord must be always our first love. Let's not allow anyone else to take his place, not even kids. Oh, let's not, let's not forget kids. So many parents use their kids as an excuse to not serve God. Well, you know, I can't come. I've got kids. Well, so is the rest of the world. Believers have had kids for thousands of years, and it hasn't stopped them from serving God. These people in this parable would not lay down their plans for God. They put their own stuff first. And they missed out on their assigned place. And someone else took their place because they were preoccupied with things. And these things were actual blessings. But there's a warning here for us. Never allow the blessings and the good things that God has given us take precedence over God himself. I feel an urgency in my spirit about this word today. I feel like there's an anointing on this parable for us to learn from today. You know, God's times have been ordained since eternity. He will not put his banquet, his purposes on hold to wait for us to be finished, our pet project or our business venture. His plans and his times and his purposes will prevail. They will not be deferred to fit in, fit in around our excuses They will go ahead whether we are ready or not. So we'd better get with his program. We'd better get on board with what he is doing now or we will miss the opportunity that we have been born for. We have been born for such a time as this. The number one Christian excuse is I'll serve the Lord when I'm older. I'll serve the Lord 
later on. But when he calls, we need to answer. And he is calling now. He says, it is time. It was time and he put the call out. And when he says, come now, we need to drop everything and come now. I believe he is calling us now as a people. He's extending the same invitation to us all here today, right now. I feel that prophetically. The time is now, verse 17, at the time. And he put the call out and he's putting it out today, right now to you and me. It's an invitation to sit at the Lord's table and dine with him and eat with him, to partake of what he is serving up, to participate in his purposes and plans, to be a part of what he is doing on the earth in the last days. And may we not ever respond to his invitation with, no thanks, I've got better things to do, as these ones here did. If we ignore so great an invitation, it will be to our peril. We may not get another shot at it. Someone else who is not even on the guest list may now get in there ahead of us, instead of us, and take our place. We must never ignore or despise the voice of the Lord calling to us. It is a huge privilege and honor to be assigned a place at his table. And his food will satisfy like no other. Let us not allow ourselves ever to become so distracted by property, by possessions or people that we ignore the call of the most important one of all. And the devil is a crafty mongrel. And he has studied human nature for thousands of years. And he knows how to distract us from God. We need to guard our hearts and let ourselves never be caught up in the world. James 4 verse 4. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. You know, if we're so full of the world... We'll lose our appetite and hunger for God. This world may look good. It may taste good for a moment, but it never satisfies. But the Lord's table will feed us with joy and life for all eternity. Now, let's look at who's Jesus talking to here. Pharisees. These guys were believers. They were highly spiritual. They were church going. And they looked like they were doing all the right things outwardly. Yet they were not making the Lord a priority. And Jesus is telling us here that we can't just presume on our spiritual pedigree and think that's enough. We have an assigned place, but we need to respond when he calls and step into that place and occupy that place. Not ignore him and do our own thing. And even if we're like a fifth generational Pentecostal and been going to church nine months since before we were born and, and we are just, there's, I've got my seat, man. I've got my place. There's my pew. That is not enough. We still need to respond to his call today because our relationship with God must be now. It must be today. It can never just be a historical thing. It must be alive and living. So we're responding to his voice daily. And we see the response of the master of the Lord here when they ignored his call and made excuses. He got angry. And we can't fob God off with an excuse. Who are we trying to fool here? (laughs) He sees straight through it. He knows our hearts. It is time to ditch the excuses. Tell the person next to you, it is time to ditch the excuses. Amen. 
Billy Sunday once said, an excuse is the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. There are many who have lost their assigned place all because they've made dumb excuses. There are many who have missed out on their destiny all because they have made dumb excuses. There are many who have gone to hell instead of heaven all because they have made dumb excuses. None of our excuses wash with God. No excuse is ever adequate to give to God as a reason for ignoring him. We insult God when we ignore his call and don't respond to his voice. Nothing is as important as answering his call and taking our assigned place. And whatever the lame excuse may be, if we give one, we're still saying no to him and to his invitation. Did you know our destiny rests on our response to his call? It is time to ditch the excuses. And Alan and I had the privilege of going to Express, which is like a leadership ministry, C3, live-in training thing for five days up at Cook's Beach. And they had this guy, a trainer, come from Sydney. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Sandhill Warrior, the warrior. And he talks about himself in the third person. And I said, hi, I'm Alan. He goes, hi, the warrior. And I thought, <laughs> okay. But he is an awesome guy. But he nearly killed us all. And he had these training programs, and I've just got to go into training before we get to him, because otherwise I'll be in pain again on my thighs every time I sit down for the next week. But he, he has these awesome one-liners, and one of the things he said was, excuses are the nails that build the house of failure. But there are no failures in this room. He was exciting, and he trains all the, or some of the NRL guys. A person who fails to respond to God's invitation is actually rejecting God. If we won't come when he calls and take our assigned place, someone else will. We have to realize even if we're too busy to respond to the call of the master, it's not going to stop God's table, God's house, God's kingdom from being filled. Because this gospel invitation is going out to the whole world and all who receive it and respond will be welcomed. Verse 21, the master was talking about if those who are invited won't come, then go out and bring in the crippled, the blind, the lame. That's paraphrase. Those people at that time in that place were considered unclean and inferior by the Jews in that time and in that place. They were outcasts of society. So the assigned places of the people who were invited were given to those whom they perceived to be less able, less qualified, and less experienced. If we will not respond to the call of the master to take our assigned place at his table, we will see others going in before us. And often they will be people who we perceive to be less able, less qualified, less experienced. Well, how did she get that leadership role at church? I've been a Christian much longer than she has. Well, I've been in this church 20 years. How come that new guy gets picked for that role and I don't? I've been to Bible college. I know much more than that young hotshot. He doesn't even shave yet and they've made him a leader. And we can think, hey, that's my assigned place. How come you're sitting in my place and I'm not? Because they listened to God's voice. Because they came when he called. Because they obeyed the master. Because they didn't make excuses. Let's close our eyes 
I've got a question for each of us, including myself. Am I answering God's call today to take my place at his table? Am I hearing his call but ignoring it because I am too busy doing my own thing? Am I making excuses for not taking my place? You can open your eyes. The band are going to help me out now and come and join me. You know, especially since COVID's happened, I see individualism creeping in to the church, not only in society, but this individualistic mindset. But remember, we are part of something bigger than ourselves. As Pastor Alex Lee reminded us, the team we're in is far more important than the team we lead. And we are all in team church. We're in the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, the redeemed, the bride of Christ. And we have to make decisions on the we, not on the I. We move as one body. We are Jesus' body. And if Jesus' body is doing something, we're all doing it together. You know, when Pastor James used to call working bees, we would all be at the working bee. It didn't come into it. Well, do I like working bees? Irrelevant. Do I have a free Saturday morning? Do I want to be at the working bee? Irrelevant. The church is doing the working bee. I am in the church. The church is all of us, so I'm at the working bee. We also had church concerts. And we all came to the church concert. Do I want to go to the church concert? Do I like concerts? That didn't even come into it. We, the church, are doing this. So we, the church, are there. You are in the concert whether you want to be or not. We've got to think we. We've got to start moving together as a body. We have got to move as one because we are the church. And, and, and sometimes people have their own preferences and we put our own preferences ahead of what the Lord is trying to do with His one body. And we have, instead of what's on TV, we can watch whatever we like. We can go to Netflix or Disney and we can tailor make everything according to our preferences. But guess what? The kingdom doesn't work like that. Now we have some things coming up and the Lord is trying to get us as one to come. If you're a young person, you need to be at youth camp. Oh, it's too noisy. Doesn't matter about your preference. If you are alive and you're in C3 City Church, you need to be at Increase. Oh, but I don't like crowds. Well, you won't like heaven much either, will you? If you're a woman, you need to be at Girls Night Out and bring your unchurched friend. But I don't like women's events. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that. I'd be able to pay off the mortgage of the church. When people say, I don't like women's events, I always think, why would you not want to be with your own kind? It's something wrong if you don't want to be with your own kind. What is it God is calling us to do? We've got to do it as one. And you know, it's like the Lord is trying to call His body, but His body sometimes is not moving in sync. And His body is uncoordinated and He's calling His body to do something and it's just kind of going like this. And the angels are like, Lord, what the heck is wrong with your bride, with your body? She's so unco. Is she having a seizure? What the heck? And we're trying to move like this athlete, like Usain Bolt, but we're all uncoordinated because some of us are doing our own thing. We've got to ditch the I, it's we. We trumps I every time. You know, in this parable, not only did others get in to take the place of those who did a no-show, the Lord also shut the door. 
the excuse makers could not change their minds and come back in. It was too late. These excuse makers were actually successful in the eyes of society. They had businesses, they were married, they had um, oxen and fields, but they were failures in the eyes of the Lord. They assumed their places were reserved and safe. They assumed that they didn't have to do anything else. We can be like that too. Well, I've got my ticket to heaven. I've been up the front. I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I've got my free Bible. I've ticked all the spiritual boxes. I'm sorted. I don't have to do anything. Wrong. We need to do something. We need to come when He calls. We need to be walking with Him, hearing and obeying His voice in prayer daily, in the Word daily, in the house weekly, feeding on the Word. His priorities need to be highest in our lives. We have to make doing His will more important than doing our own will, our own thing. All these invited guests had already said yes to the Master. They said the right words, but they didn't come when they're called. Words are easy to say. Oh, I'm born again. I'm a C3 Pentecostal tongue-talking baptized believer washed in the blood. Hallelujah. It's our actions that count. It's not the words we say that secure our place at the table. It's actually turning up when He calls. We vote with our feet when we come when He calls. Many who are last will be first, Matthew 19, 30. Many who are first will be last. Many who are last will be first. Jesus said this phrase four times in the gospel. It's not many of, uh, how many of us start the race and say yes. It's how many who keep running the race and respond to his call and take our place. And like verse 23 says, go out and make them come in so that my house will be full. Lastly, I'll finish with this. God wants his house full. He will have his house full. He is very concerned that every place at his table be filled. He has a strong vision of his house being full with people. Some of us would have preferred it if he had said, well, it's not all about numbers. We've just got the remnant, the faithful few. No, he didn't say that. He said, I want my house full. That's his plan. That's his will. That's his vision. And it's a big vision because he's got a big table and a big house and a big kingdom. There's room for many more. And we've got to go out and bring them in. We've got to see his house full. Amen. Let's not be excuse makers. Let's ditch the excuses. Let's be gospel carriers who not only respond to God, but also who bring others along with us. We've got to go out, other versions say, go out, compel them to come in, constrain them, urge them, insist that they come in. In other words, let's do whatever it takes to bring others in. We've got to seize every opportunity. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? Let's not miss out on our assigned place. I don't want someone else sitting where my name is. What is it the Lord is calling you to? Maybe you'll be making excuses. Is it getting baptized in water because you haven't done that yet? Is it starting to tithing regularly and giving? Is it you're reading the Word every day? Is it getting alone with Him in prayer every day? Is it coming to church every week, not on special occasions? It's not enough to just be invited. We have to respond. We've got to ditch the excuses. He's calling your name today. It's time. It's time.